everyone to the USL show. This is the Western preview uh, part. No, or the second half of our. No. <laughs> it's actually the second episode of our Western preview series is what I was trying to get at. So anyway, I am Kevin McCamish uh, with the USL show. Also with play the kids. I have with me uh, Phil grooms from the St. Louis soccer report. Also with the USL show. I have Mark Turner from back chat show and Billy Walton of off pitch podcast. They cover the Colorado switchbacks and OKC energy respectively. How is everyone doing? Good, good. Splendid. Doing well. Um, so uh, we are the USL show is on bg.fn. I believe also Backchat is as well. St. Louis Soccer Report by the kids. Uh, we're all part of that same network, so check that out. I believe earlier this week we also did the second Western preview series. Is that correct, Phil? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eastern guys, they hung out with uh, Dirty South Soccer and Sock Takes. Uh, it was a real laid back episode. Really enjoyed hearing everything there was to say. Not again, kind of like kind of like you, Kev. Not a lot to say about uh, Indy Eleven, uh, but plenty to say about Dirty South. So it was a really good episode. Everyone should go back and listen. Nice, nice. All right, excellent. Um, so what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll cover each of the three teams. Um, give everybody about 15, 20 minutes to kind of talk about you know new acquisitions, players they're excited about, maybe some players that they wish some some key pieces um, and then just generally what to look out for uh, in 2018 kind of expectations, maybe even a prediction if you want. Um, well, what we'll do is we'll go through Colorado first, then Oklahoma city and then St. Louis because. <laughs> last is best. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I didn't want to say save the best for last or say you're less <laughs> important. Just that's the order, the random order I've associated with this whole episode has in, in no particular order. <laughs> Perfect. Have you stumbled onto alphabetical order by accident there, Kevin? Oh my wow. goodness, he did it. Did How I? did you do that? Well done. You know because why? Because in the... even when even when I'm even when I'm sick with a cold, apparently my brain still works that sort of way. There it is. There it is. <laughs> so, uh, which if I do end up coughing, I apologize to listeners uh, if there's a random cough here or there. But as I'm just starting to get sick and kind of fighting it off, so we'll see how that my weekend goes. Anyway, less tangents, more soccer. Uh, let's start off with Mark, Mark Turner of the Back Chat Show. Um, Mark, right off the bat, let's talk about um, you wrote about the switchbacks, I believe, of the 2017 season and the proceeds going to uh, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. You want to talk about that for a minute? Oh, yeah. Cheers, Kevin. I do appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, I... Um... 2016 to try and document the switchback season but um by the time i got about halfway through i ran out of steam much like the team itself (laughs) and uh (laughs) kind of lost interest um renewed vigor at the beginning of 2017 and stuck with it this year Uh, and so basically what i did is i put together a fan's diary i gave an overview of every game that was played home and away all proceeds from the sale of the book go to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, which is an organization near and dear to my own heart. I have several family members uh, with type 1 diabetes, including uh, my daughter, who was recently diagnosed. So uh, mm. just appreciate any opportunity to promote the book and hopefully raise some additional funds for a great cause. I think it's a good read, uh, certainly if you're a Switchbacks fan. I hope it's a, a really good read. But just if you're a USL fan in general, um, you know, we've all been through the highs and lows, the ups and downs, the agony and ecstasy. 
And I do my best to try and capture that in what was interesting and tumultuous 2017 season for the switchbacks. Well, you've already got some good adjectives, so I imagine you're putting some of those back in the book. So uh, I'll definitely have to pick that up. I've been meaning to. I saw that was announced uh, about a month ago, right? Mm-hmm. Very nice. Well, tell us about the team. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's... I'm not sure quite where to start. You know, let's start is who are returning. Uh, seems like a natural place to start. Uh, and also maybe talk mm-hmm. a little about those key players who won't be returning. In terms of players that fans are really excited to see come back this season, um, amongst the top of that list would be Jordan but our attacking right back, who was also uh, our second top goal scorer last year. Mm-hmm. Um, an excellent player, both defensive, def- defensively and offensively. Excited to see him return. Uh, also, Marty Mabin makes a return to the switchbacks as well. He was missing last year, actually returned to Europe and played some um, in continental Europe as well as in Northern Ireland briefly, but has been re-signed by the switchbacks for the 2018 season. Uh, everyone knows Mar- Marty is a, a tenacious uh, forward who uh, enjoy coming up against, so it'd be exciting to see him back in switchbacks colours. We signed Moise Poat, our Cameroonian goalkeeper, who, um, despite having a few shaky moments last season, pulled off some spectacular saves, um, not least of all when facing uh, opposition strikers from the penalty spot. Uh, So excited to see him back and excited to see how he continues his progress. Young goalkeeper, but a lot of talent. Also re-signed Luke Vercolani and Shane Malcolm, again, two attacking midfielders who add, add a lot of verve and vigor to um, our midfield. Uh, but perhaps the biggest re-sign of the off-season was the announcement that we will see Master Cashier in switchbacks colors again this season. Uh, Master didn't weigh in with as many goals last season as maybe he would have liked, but those he did score were spectacular. And you guys may remember he had one up for candidate for goal of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, just a very, very cultured, highly technical player uh, who we really enjoy, particularly at Fortress Sand Creek, um, and expect him to have another strong season again this year. Yeah, what do you think? You know, you guys had such a crazy good run two years ago when St. Louis was in the West uh, at the beginning of the season, right? Wasn't it? A, you guys were doing really well and it fizzled out. Um, and then last year, just barely missed the playoffs. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, is this becoming a bit of a trend? Yeah, it's interesting. We had three very different types of seasons. The first season, obviously, we were an unknown quantity, and I think we surprised a lot of teams. We obviously have the benefit of playing at altitude, mm-hmm. so any team that comes and plays at Fortress Sand Creek is going to be sucking wind 75 minutes into the game. Um, we had a very aggressive and direct team that the organization made a lot of uh, in year one as being what they call a blue-collar team. So, you know, not players blessed with a, an amazing degree of technical ability, but they worked their asses off. Um, possible exception from that would be Miguel Gonzalez, who had both. He worked incredibly hard and had the technical abilities, I'm sure. A big fan uh, of this. <laughs> uh, great player. Uh, last, uh, it's 2016, uh, the team was in transition, and I think the organization were anxious to maintain that blue-collar ethic, but also to have the team be a little more um, in inverted commas, entertaining. Um, and so we've begun this transition toward a more technical 
type team, uh, which was supposed to come to fruition in 2017, uh, when we find Chris James, Master Cashier, Jane Malcolm, or one or two others. And so last year was a very up and down season. Um, I probably chose the right season to write my book because hmm. it, it literally was up and down, seesaw the entire season long. I think we only strung back-to-back wins together, I want to say twice all season long. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what the switchbacks look like this season and what coach Steve Trichu decides he wants the organization to be this year. I also saw you mentioned the park there being at altitude. Uh, you guys are having a little bit of trouble with with a park with a venue this season, right? Uh, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, well, we have our home, Widener Field, aka Fortress Sand Creek, and uh, we have that, I believe, for another seven years. I think the lease is for. Oh, okay. So uh, we don't have to go anywhere, but the team have been looking at alternative venues, primarily in the downtown area for obvious reasons. I saw a mention of um, Antlers Park. Is that, am I off on that or is that a possibility? No, good call. Okay. Yeah, you've been doing your homework. So uh, <laughs> Antlers Park is an actual park. It's not a sports facility or a complex of any kind. It's a park um, in downtown Colorado Springs that is pretty run down. Mm. Uh, it is inhabited primarily by uh, the homeless population we have in downtown Springs. Um, it, it's a very nice area. The park itself is very pretty. But it's not a it's not an area people tend to frequent hmm. simply because of uh, the folks who, who unfortunately find themselves there, the homeless folks. Uh, but there was some suggestion that maybe the park could be uh, turned around and in conjunction with one of the uh, uh, hotels downtown could be turned into a complex, which would accommodate parking, an indoor arena and a new outdoor turf field uh, of which the switchbacks would be primary tenants. Hmm. Um Unfortunately, while the switchbacks were in the process of developing this plan, there was some politicking going on, and the cat was let out of the bag before the switchbacks uh, wanted for it to be. And that led to them having to go before city council and talk about this this idea uh, while it was still embryonic. Mm. And, uh, of course, then the community got up in arms, and, and, you know, where's the money coming from? And... You know, we, there was a, a portion in there. We talked about helping the homeless folks. What does that look like, and how much money will go toward that? And I, I guess the answers that were given weren't to the community satisfaction at this point in time, which was to be expected because again, the plan wasn't finalised. The Antlers part was taken off the t- table. There are two other venues that are being looked at right now, but that's pretty much all she wrote at this point. I think I missed in those articles, though, that you guys are set for seven years. So I am sincerely glad to hear that. Uh, some people, when they're having these park troubles, it can be ugly. And um, I know how, you know, just like you said, something coming out too early is a good way to squash something. That's really unfortunate. That Maybe that could have been a good situation. Um, do you have more to talk about maybe with the preseason or the schedule coming out recently or anything else with the team that you'd like to talk about? Well, let's hone in on the new players because um, you guys may know may know stuff about these guys that I don't because I have to say, of all the names that have been announced so far, um, what I know about these guys can probably be written on the head of a pin and there would be space to spare. <laughs> so feel free to wade in. So there are actually, I think, uh, four, I think I'm right in saying four new signings. 
Uh, if you don't include Marty Mabin as a brand new signing, he's a returning player from 2016, as I mentioned before. Strictly speaking, he is a new signing, but there are four brand new signings, I suppose. Uh, the first of which is Jordan Schweitzer, who uh, actually is... Well, I believe he was born in Dallas, but he holds a Canadian passport or is a dual citizen, spent some time in Colorado, went through the University of Denver um, and had a, a pretty glittering career, as I understand it, at university level. Um, and so he, it's kind of a homecoming for him. He's a midfielder who I believe has really been signed to slot in departing Ronnie Argetta, former switchbacks, switchbacks captain. We then uh, had the announcement of Steward, and I want to say this properly, I believe it's Seyus, um, who is a, a Haitian national team goalkeeper. It's going to be really interesting to see where he fits in to the switchbacks model, given that he's an older goalkeeper, a lot of experience, but I know that Moise Poati um, is a guy who the coaches really rate, and the fans do too, uh, despite his inexperience. So it's going to be really interesting to see how those two goalkeepers combine and whether the club looks for them to share minutes, hmm. if Sayus is just going to drop straight in, or if they're looking for him to be more of a mentor to Poati. Were you happy with your goalkeeping last year? Um, I know in St. Louis we got we got Gorick last year from you, and he had a great oh, year with up, you the up. year before. <laughs> well, um, we I mean honestly we had a little trouble. It's obviously it's the opposite style of play, um, about as opposite as it could be. So maybe that had something to do with it. But you know, having Gorick, I was curious about you know whether you're missing him and and how you felt about your goalkeeping last year. So the goalkeeping situation last year was really um, began the season with Justin Luthi came down from the Timbers. Is that right? Yes, Luthi was with T two. Okay, he had him. He was a drinker, right. well, so he came directly from T two. <laughs> You're welcome to have him back. <laughs> Ouch, I, I no. think I think our goalkeeping efforts right now are pretty good. I think the the at least the three that are signed on the first team are are, are pretty decent goalkeepers um, that are pretty much fighting for first team spots. Atanella and Gleason, neither one really stands out like they're going to grab the first the starting position with both hands and hold on to it. But it, they'll continue to to push each other and get better and and will get continue to improve goalkeeping. But but yeah, no, uh, we don't need Luthi back though. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm being a little harsh on Luthi. He had that opening day, uh, open day debacle uh, in OKC, and uh, I actually hoped he'd be given another opportunity because that, you know, that's a terrible way to make your your debut for a, for a team. He wasn't, unfortunately. He never reappeared in Switchbacks colours, and so um, the coaches essentially passed the number one jersey around between Moise, Moise Poati and Dan Jackson, Dan Stonewall Jackson, another product from. Uh, Denver. Jacko did the team um, no harm when he was between the pipes. Actually did a really good solid job. Uh, a diminutive goalkeeper and so maybe not cut from the traditional mould but uh, but Poati seemed to be the golden child. A very technically gifted goalkeeper but what we lacked last season when you mentioned Gorick is we lacked experience. Mm. We lacked know-how. We lacked organisation at the back. We lacked having a number one who would be bawling at his defence whenever the shape wasn't right. And so I would have taken Gorick back less last season in a heartbeat. I would have taken him back this season <laughs> in a heartbeat. But I think um, having Seyus in there to bolster Powati and hopefully provide some experience to him, uh, it's probably a good thing. 
Well, yeah, exactly. The experience you may have been lacking sounds like he's got plenty of that. So, um, and then today we had announced Jamal Jack, who is a uh, Jamaica, uh, excuse me, Trinidad and Tobagan uh, centre back, and and boy, the switchbacks are making it hard for me here. Ayu Kota, Ayu Kokata, Ayu Kokata. I'm going to go with Ayu Kokata Tambe, who is a Cameroonian centre back, also. And I'm imagining one or both of them have been brought into the team to cover the departure of Josh Phillips, um, who has been a stalwart in our defense the past three seasons and is a surprise no-show for the 2018 season. I don't think any team has actually picked him up yet, so I'm not sure what's what's happening with Josh, but uh, he'll certainly be missed. And it'll be interesting to see what Jack and Tambe bring to the team. In addition to the departing Ronnie Argetta, Uh, And Josh Phillips, Jack Jones, also announced he will not be returning to the team. Uh, Kind of a talisman in the switchbacks last year. He was the uh, one of two players picked up through the tryout system. And uh, fans took him to heart really quickly. Willing runner, um, very enthusiastic player, great attitude, had a little bit of skill. um, but you have to imagine that with the return of Marty Mabin, Jones' minutes may have been limited. And so it's uh, it's not a complete surprise to hear that Jack won't be coming back uh, this year. Sounds good. So I got one last question for you. Um, heading into 2018, how do you feel about the season for Colorado? Like where where do you think Colorado might end on the table in, in when 2018's all said and done? Next. <laughs> i have absolutely no clue i mean 2015 we crushed it 2015 uh, 16 we wobbled in transition and yet still found a way to make the playoffs 2017 on paper we had the best roster the switchbacks have ever had in terms of quality experience technical ability you know cashier kevon freighter chris james for coloni Argetta. We thought it was going to be a banner season, ended up being the most disappointing so far. I don't know. I mean, I need to get eyeballs on these new guys. Um, you know, you can only learn so much from a highlight reel. I'm excited by the guys who are returning. Jet, who we expect to see Jet, uh, back. Josh Suggs, who I think probably will take up the captain's armband. Um, Taysong Kim comes back in midfield as well, who... He's not my favorite player, but he is a workhorse and uh, gets a lot of the grunt work done for us. So some of those more technical players can flourish out there on the field. But it's just going to be interesting to see how these players combine. And I come back to my earlier statement. What does the coach to look like this year? Are we going back to blue-collar grind? Are we moving to this technical, more sophisticated model? Is it going to be somewhere in between? Are we going to be 2015, 16, or 17? And if they choose to go 2017, Share, please, guys. <laughs> awesome, sounds good. Good stuff, Mark. All right, well, let's move on to our next team. Um, so we've got uh, Oklahoma City Energy here, uh, Billy Walton from Off Pitch Podcast. So Hello. I think I think right off the bat, um, to kind of like hit on some maybe some key season, uh, it, it sounds like uh, you guys lost your head coach and hired a new one. Sure so did. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about that because I think that's kind of big news. And then we'll get into some yeah. of your players. Yeah, wow. What happened to Jimmy? Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy is a, a fantastic human being, and we really love Jimmy Nielsen around here. And the whole of Oklahoma City was was happy with him, and we were happy with him as a coach. And I think really wanted to go forward, but 
it just didn't work out in terms of contractually or or whatever you know mm-hmm. should go forward uh, maybe is the best way to and i wasn't at the table i don't i don't know what exactly happened but uh i i know that everything was amicable there's no there's no bad blood between either side of it it's just it's it was time for a change on, on both sides apparently and i mean i mean it, it if anybody has met him and uh, I got to see it firsthand, I got to travel to um, sporting and watch him uh, do, you know, do the, I believe chant with the, uh, with the cauldron. I was shaking hands with ushers, ticket takers. I mean, people that he, you know, normally player of his stature when he was there, just brush off and walk by. He was shaking oh. hands, catching up with them. And, and it was, it was cool to see that. And it's just it exemplifies the kind of person he is. I'm, I'm, I met him once at Merlot Field when T2 were so, still playing there. So 2016, I think, 2015, 2016, I can't remember. Uh, it was one of my first times there in, in Oklahoma City Energy. We're visiting, playing T2, and, and he was just out there on the sideline. And, and with Merlot Field, like where everybody walks, like you can reach your arm out and touch the, the back of the players and the coaches. And mm-hmm. I happened to walk by, he noticed my badge and said hello. And I talked to him for a few minutes and yeah, he was, he was super nice. He is a super nice guy. And and we wish him the best. I haven't heard um, what his next, next step is, but I think once, once we knew we were going to part ways with him, we hit the ground running and tried to find candidate and, and Steve cook really stood out for the energy. I mean, just meeting him and, uh, and, him the guy is is laser focused on on football um and we did it we got to do an interview with him you know the day after we announced it he was exactly what he wants to do he was the one of the things that stuck out to me was that he actually went to like a coaching camp for kids when he was maybe 16 or 17 years old instead of going to camps to learn how to play better his dad put him in a camp to be a coach and to learn learn that side of the game Early on, he was set in that path and and to be a coach and to be that that kind of guy. And just every interaction I've had with him, he's very nice, very good person. As from Sheffield, you know, Sheffield Wednesday fan mm-hmm. supporter. He he just loves football, but he has that blue collar mentality where he he comes in, he's the first person here, and he's going to be the last person. He's turning off the lights when he leaves. So it's got us really excited for the season to see what he can do because the guy's done everything. Uh, that you can do as a coach. He's coached all the way from the youth um, and developed those, uh, you know, all the way up every age group. Uh, and of course he had, he, he got to take over last year uh, was let go of Colorado. So he's got experience at every level. And I think that was one of the more attractive things for us because we want to start and do a top to bottom youth development Academy, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's the next step of what we see happening in Oklahoma city. Awesome. That sounds that sounds good. I'm I'm glad that uh, that Steve Cook found a place um, after Colorado or decided to move in a different direction. Yeah, the season, he, so. he deserves it. I mean, he honestly, I think if they would have kept him around, it probably wouldn't have been a bad a bad hire for them either. But you know, in the MLS, they want to go they want to go with a bigger hire, and I understand that. So, yeah. but their loss is our gain, is how I see it. And I'm I'm excited to have him here, and, and he's brought in a great technical staff that's uh, pretty much filled out now. Uh, John Perlman, who came from Arizona, who's uh, youth-minded, has a great talent uh, and and how to develop players, and he's actually going to be our uh, PDL U23 coach. Uh, you've got Danny Stone, who was an assistant at uh, Colorado as well, a former Liverpool Liverpool area player. I'm not sure if he actually played for Liverpool or not. Uh, being a Man United fan, I really don't care. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm liking you more and more, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> so... I, I will admit to both of you guys, and I, I am a Liverpool fan. Oh, uh, God. Uh, <laughs> There's always that one. Liverpool have become my second favourite team now, though, by virtue of the fact that at the beginning of every season, their fans believe they're going to win the Premier League, and they come up with new and creative ways to blow it up. No it's kidding. so much fun to watch. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, right, we'll, we'll continue good. on. So so tell us about the players that are that are returning um, key players, players that excite you, um, and and we'll go from there. I, I, maybe we should even start with Miguel Gonzalez since we've mentioned before. I know that I know he's a key player for energy. Bicycles, I know that. Uh, <laughs> Miguel is amazing. Uh, he's a great dude, uh, no matter what. He's uh, he's like like uh, like Market said. He's a hard worker. Well, I mean, he can he can do anything uh, that you can imagine not messy but i mean he's he's a definitely an amazing player and once things got clicking there at the end of the season i think you really got to see his full potential because i mean watching him play with um with colorado springs he was the guy i hated playing against when we played them he was everywhere and i think he scored and i think he scored a goal yeah if he I, am i right mark yeah. I think maybe one game he didn't but he always had it out for oklahoma city maybe it's because daniel daniel was on here but <laughs> player i love seeing him uh and with the addition of uh probably the most excited i am for a player is uh jose barril jose barril is he's not uh, he he is flashy but he kind of works in the background and once once we got everything short up in the back fend and do well and actually have a midfielder like juan pablo guzman who's who's back as well that can sit there and kind of monitor the midfield it allowed barril to to roam and kind of go out to the left i know um I'm sure Phil's favorite player, Jose Angulo. Uh, he was, you know, that the goal, I think uh, it was a LA Galaxy where Brill just crossed the kid over. I felt bad for the kid. I'm not sure if he even if he even got to ride home on the bus. But he crossed over the kid and just put in a nice cross uh, right to Angulo's right foot. And just all, all Angulo had to do is stick his foot out there. He's not um, the kind of guy that'll miss that easy t- no, chance he's either. Not. <laughs> and that's why we love him. Yep. Uh, but it's it's just it, I'll say, it made it easy. I'll say bless you for giving the man service for once. He was happy to get yes. it there. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys didn't want to see him leave at all. It, it's it, and another somebody else's loss is our gain on that one because he's a fantastic player. Yeah. And I'm really happy. That's you know, the striker between uh him and uh Chiku is, is still out there, I think. So people are probably looking at him, but and uh, Wojcik, when he went out with a broken arm, which was it was a gross injury to see, but when he went out and Gula stepped in, and it was, I mean, it was like nothing that nothing was missing. But um, between him, we've got uh, we've got a few actually. Philip Rasmussen, um, I know Kevin. I'm not sure if you got to see him when he was playing. I think it may have been against the Whitecaps when he injured. He just ruptured his ACL and he was out for the rest of the season. But the sad part about that is he was starting to hit his stride and really start to go hard. And was looking like a great player for us coming down on the left. He's just starting to pick up the game. Uh, being from Denmark, he wasn't 100% with the, the American game yet. But now, with, once things started clicking, he had that injury that put him out for the rest of the season. So that's another guy that I'm really excited for. Richard Dixon coming up the right. They had a great partnership. Um, Alex Dixon is faster than anybody I've ever seen uh, on the pitch, at least in this in this division for sure. Um, just guys has got amazing pace and can control the ball pretty well. Um, really gives defenders fits because it, it just they can't trick him. 
he's spreading people out all all over the place and makes a lot of space for Angulo or Burrell or anybody else can come in and, and kind of fill that. A um, couple of new guys we got coming in that I'm excited about. Callum Ross is one that I'll like to see. He's, uh, I believe he's a Newcastle area boy last year. Um, excited to see him come in and, and kind of see what he can do as a, as a midfielder, maybe a holding midfielder or uh, even a center defender. Defender, I think, is one more position we could use. Um, obviously, losing Sam Fink, not not happy about that. Honestly, mm-hmm. I love Sam, and Sam I'm Fink is probably one of the best defenders. Yeah, apparently. Well, Billy, hey Billy, can I can I just interject quickly? Because yeah. I, I want to say, I think the player you should be most excited about. Oh, Mark, yes. you cut out. Say that again. <laughs> uh, the player you should most be excited about is Christian Ibiaga. Uh-huh. Beautiful. He is. Un- but he, I'm going to go out on record here saying Chris Ibiaga is the best central defender in the Western Conference. I love hearing that. Um, He's it, absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. He is the best central defender to ever wear a switchbacks jersey. Um, and I think he's going to be a difference maker for OKC. In fact, in the West, Wonderful. I really can. With the attacky talent that you've got, adding Chris to the mix, um, I wept. I wept cold, salt tears. <laughs> <laughs> putting on your green uh, I actually texted him I'm like dude what are you doing <laughs> how'd you pass this over come on now well, um, he's a phenomenal player I'm not sure uh, many people know this Mark you may know this since you're a, a big fan of his but he actually played his high school soccer here in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. at a, a place Deer, Deer Creek High School here so that's something I, I do like we've got about three or four guys we just signed Brian Byers as our backup goalkeeper uh, today that actually have local ties to Oklahoma City. Sean McClaws, who played you know the Red Bull system for a little while, leaving Charlotte for a little while as well. Eh, maybe not. No, uh, but he's coming back. Uh, we got Brian Byers um, and then uh, Christian Abiaga. So that's great. And it's amazing. I don't know what uh, is in that family's DNA, but they apparently all they can produce are soccer players in the Abiaga household because oh, yeah. his yeah, brother down is his brother's stud. Yeah, his brother's a stud. Yeah, too. no kidding. <laughs> I, I'm. Maybe we can talk him in and pull like what we did with Miguel and uh, Daniel and get two brothers again next year. I don't know. We'll see. What's happening with Daniel? Is Daniel uh, I don't want to get. Um, I think Daniel's maybe testing the water and see where else he could go. I, I, I haven't had any contact with any of those guys, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it'd probably be a little weird. Uh, but I know a lot of those guys are out there, uh, like Vucic, uh, Wojcik, um, Daniel Gonzalez. Uh, let's see who else is still kind of floating out there. Um, you know, but uh, honestly, the ones that hurt the most to lose were, were Sam Fink and, and CJ Cochran, even though we've got a, an amazing goalkeeper coming back in and Matt Van Ockel, CJ Cochran was just a tremendous human being. And he's also, as we saw there at the end, he basically kept us going. Yeah. His amazing goalkeeper has just ice cold water running through his veins. I mean, 11, um, 11 penalties there at the end, right? Was that him? I can't believe it, man. That's yeah. that was that was ridiculous. And I actually traveled up to Kansas City for that game. With I did it. too. We could have met Billy. <laughs> ah, it was amazing, man. I and I against uh, you know Mark. Sorry to bring this bad news up, but against Colorado Springs when we were there, you know, Taft Stadium for I guess 2015 and that magical season that we had with that penalty shootout, and then to come back and do two penalty shootouts in the same, uh, you know, Western Conference finals run against, you know, against San Antonio, which I think two or three times during that one, but then against 
against uh, Swope Park was just an amazing run that we had to end the season last year. And it really gives, and I appreciate Mark saying that. And then uh, Christian looks like he's going to be a really, I mean, he's a big dude, just, just full size and looks like he's got a lot of, a lot of speed to him as well. So I feel really good about our defense. And that was the, that was the troubling thing for us last year early on was shoring up the defense, especially with Sam being out for most of the first season. If we had Sam Fink all season, I think we would have been a lot higher in the table mm. there at the end. So talking about penalties, my opinion <laughs> on them is if the goalkeepers don't get involved, it's not worth it. I agree with that. Because the, the ones, the, this, the penalty shootouts that get to like the 11th or 12th kicker because it's stuff is still tied. Those are the ones where it's just like you're, you've lost all your nerves, <laughs> you're an absolute yeah. wreck, a mess. Um, <laughs> and, and, for me personally, the most uh, emotional one was in 2015 when we faced off Sporting Kansas City and the double post, and it was like 12 or 13 oh. rounds, and we got into our goalkeeper. The goalkeepers got into it, and it was like, "Oh, this is getting serious." <laughs> that's when it gets good. Yep. So. And that's I, I was numb. I was physically numb, and I'm, that's I'm not exaggerating. I was numb after that game because it was just so emotional. This and it was a roller coaster because I thought, I mean, after the first two kicks of ours, I thought we were out. Yeah, I thought we were done. I did too. I mean, uh, you guys see, came back. They brought us in. Too, because I'm pretty. That guy ran himself to death through the whole game, and I think he was just his legs. Probably he couldn't feel anything below his waist. I'm sure because that guy gave it all, and all of our players did, and swoped the same way. It was, yeah, it's nil nil games I've ever seen. Yeah, amazing. I, that's 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 what I th- I think people that are non soccer fans. But like they don't follow soccer and they think, oh, a nil nil draw, how boring. Yeah. A lot of the times, nil nil draws can actually be some of the most exciting games. 100% agree. Yeah. And that's some of the, some of the more exciting games we had last year, or not just those, but uh, anytime we play San Antonio, apparently no one can score. There's two things that happen. Nobody can score, but it's going to be the most exciting game you've ever seen just because it's back and forth. <laughs> I actually am sad that Billy Forbes exactly. is going to Phoenix because that was one of the guys. I mean, he, we got to see him at Oklahoma City close up and, you know, 16. But last year, that guy's just phenomenal on the ball and off of it. And to see him running up, you know, up and down, it really it gives you fits. But then, I mean, the guy's just, just a fun so, guy to watch. I got another question for you yeah. about a player who's Oklahoma City, but in the same state. So maybe just based on how close you're to Tulsa, you might know about him. Uh, Modu Jadama, he was uh, I think the what primary starter for Tulsa Roughnecks in central defense. He he was he led the team in minutes played. Um, so he has a, yes. he's on an MLS contract now. Uh, I I don't know anything about him. Do you happen to know anything about him? Just know he was a very good player against us last year. Uh, I remember hearing his name quite often. And Tulsa, for as well as they did there down the, I mean in, in the beginning, they were a kind of a piece together team. Yeah lot with with very little and i mean when you have a guy like Juan Kaffa that can come in and just be a dynamic force in there he can kind of piecemeal some stuff together it was a really good, good player he's one that i heard talked about a lot and the, the, the funny thing is, is they got a few guys um Dallas, that were really great players that were just you know phenomenal and they got them on loans and that's kind of how they made things work this is actually a really good guy that, that you guys are going to be pretty excited about the more I've researched him, the more I've getting, been getting excited about him. So I suspect he's he's depth, so he'll probably spend some time with T2. And, and a lot of the players that the team is picking up 
um, are going to be some some very good depth pieces for the first team. And and if we and if they decide to give them minutes, I think they'll be playing a lot with T two and T two. Uh, quite frankly, may not be as bad as they were last year. Yeah, and you guys have another uh, ca- or youth youth uh, product that we we sent up there. I think last year is Lamar Batista. He never played for the Energy, but he was here in Oklahoma City. Amazing player uh, for as young as he is, but it, mm-hmm. you know, just tall, physical, and he'll be he'll be very good. Uh, I think he's with you guys for another two years at least. Yeah, he he is still contract. Yeah, still with T two. So yeah, I mean, it, with, with what I would. Bleh. What I've mentioned on Play the Kids is, uh, you know, has nowhere to go but up this season. So, <laughs> really, I think, I I think they'll do better. But Looking on the brighter side of life. That's good. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, before I move on to Phil, uh, any any other thoughts about preseason, your schedule for 2018, any games or matches you're excited about? Um, and then at the end, uh, you know, where do you, where do you see Oklahoma city finishing? Mark said he thinks you're going to top the table in the West. I love what Mark's saying. What do you think? I, I, I agree <laughs> with Mark. I think we've been so close. I mean, two of the last three years we've been Western conference finals. And, um, last year, I mean, we just had to grab it by the scuff in the neck and, and just, just do it. I mean, that's, that's all we had to do. And coming from, you know, near bottom of the, and rising as, as good as we did and beating the teams we did gave you a lot of hope we've got a lot of those difference makers coming back so that gives me a lot of hope for the season to uh, to think that i think we could make the usl cup finals and really uh really that west team that finally takes it back uh preseason this year it's it's going to be kind of light uh just i think with new coaching staff coming in they're going to try and get their their feel have coming back and not try and crush them too much and put them out too much now we do have a phoenix rising we'll play them there towards the end uh, on march 9th uh, other than that, we've, we're going to be playing mostly, you know, university teams that, that we can kind of get uh, get our feel, you know, get our legs under them. Yeah, just kind of play whoever we can. Exactly. The game I'm most excited for is going to be our home opener against Tulsa Roughnecks. Uh, the Black Gold Derby has been something that's been, all the, you know, fortunate enough for us that we've been on the, on the right side of it for the most part. Uh, last year was a little different. We, you know. We, we didn't play as well in the beginning as we should have. So it, it'll be nice to kind of take that back and exert our dominance over the state again. So <laughs> that's what I'm really excited for. And I'm excited. I'm excited. To, I mean, it's not buttering up Phil. I'm excited about have St. Louis back in the West. Because yeah. I think St. Louis is one of those teams, just basically one of those franchises that really tries for the USL. So to have them back in the West – having them so close to Oklahoma city where, you know, we can make a trip up there if we needed to. I think that's going to be, uh, that's going to be really good for our fans and really good for the sport. And that is a perfect segue actually to move over to Phil and talking about his team, St. Louis FC, because it's a new season and therefore a new conference for St. Louis FC. Isn't that right? It's a requirement apparently, uh, you know, well, Hey, and, and then potentially next year, if we go to three conferences, you guys would go to the central, I would assume, cause you're literally in the center of the country. So that would be yet another new season and potentially another new conference. Uh, yeah. you guys are like, don't the, get, uh, don't get too comfortable in the West is all I'm saying. Yeah, you guys are like the soccer equivalent of pass the parcel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm trying to get the, I'm trying to get the hashtag fifth and final change going, you know, just to give uh, give Edwards the warning. Like, I don't know how much more we can take um, because, yeah, I'm, Central better happen and it better be the last effing time we move unless something drastic <laughs> happens. That's, that's what I'm going to say. You guys should give it a try in the Scottish Premier League. Does that you have happen a, a lot there? winning that one. Oh, yeah, exactly. Perhaps. Um, 
But yeah, like the fourth uh, fourth time changing in four years. And if you want to hear how mad our fans are, I mean, for one, you could have just opened up Twitter the day it happened. And most of your tweets might have been angry St. Louis fans if you follow any of them. But the best article that just thoroughly explained in raw fashion uh, the way St. Louis fans uh, feel is Mitch Maurice is one of the leaders of the St. Louisans here. Um, really great supporter group. He wrote an article. It's on their website. I recommend you read it because, like I said, it's raw. It's real. Um, it's it's angry. And uh, he makes a lot of really good points, to be honest with you. So um, if you want to hear the angry side, that's the best place to go for it. I was definitely angry. I mean, we like to travel. We love to go to as many games as we can. And, and this year, it's going to be extremely difficult. And even if it does happen, it's really, really expensive to uh, fly. Um, compared to just driving down the road three, four, or five hours, sometimes six. Um, we were spoiled, you could say, um, if you want to look at it on the bright side. So that's the downside. But there is um, a silver lining in another way, and that's that um, I personally think, especially with, with the roster that's been raised up here, that uh, maybe making the playoffs, there's a better chance of that. I mean, the East is just seems to be getting stacked. Top three seems to be tied up. Um, and so it was going to be a pretty good battle to get into the top eight over there. And I don't know if you guys disagree. Um, and I don't know if this is getting too hopeful too early. Uh, but it seems like getting into the playoffs in the West might be a little bit easier. I don't know. Billy, Mark, what do you guys think about that? I, I would tend to agree with you just because it's, there's a lot of diciness that goes on. And I think we pick each other off a lot more than maybe the East does, but it's just there at the end. I think we had, eight teams for the last six spots or maybe even more. Mm. It was ridiculous because we, I mean, I think there was statistically OKC energy could have gone from eighth to, to almost third or second. If the things, had, if things <laughs> had played out the, word, the way that, and that's just ridiculous to me other than, yeah. uh, which I'm sad that the person for me, all Monarchs going to be on because I like making fun of their name, but uh, it's just, you know, they're the only team that really was exerting dominance. San Antonio did for a while, but then they had their stretch. So I think it's just a really roller coaster. Yeah, yeah I think um, I agree with Bill. I think the Eastern Conference is the uh, the EPL and it's dominated by three or four key teams. And the Western Conference is the English Championship, right? Anyone could beat anyone on any given day. Um, of course, that analogy falls down. Uh, when you look at Swansea beating Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> he does it again. Har, 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 har. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so I'm glad that you guys are kind of... I've been saying that, and I wanted to get, you know, at least some backup from Western guys to... Because that those what you guys just said is exactly how I feel, and we've been saying that about parody in the West for two years since we were in it. So um, sounds accurate. And so, um, you know... Looking at this roster that we have, I guess I'll just talk about that. That's what I feel like is going to well, give us well, an edge. Before, before you get into that, you have a comment on the notes here. So explain to me what Precky Tapulis means. Oh, no, I was just, that was my that was my notes to myself to make sure I, I talk about the coaches. Um, because Lent. obviously um, Precky, we lost Precky. Um, he's gone, um, mutually decided to leave. Uh, he's now at Seattle as an assistant. Uh, Seattle Sounders, rather. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we wish the best for him. And honestly, um, you know, we don't we don't know exactly what was wrong, but we get hints. And I think like man management in in the Midwest and and dealing with the fans in the Midwest is a very different animal than perhaps being on the West Coast or um, maybe even 
you know the Eastern Bloc in in Europe. I don't know, but um, he 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 did he wasn't good with the fans. We knew that coming in, but I think maybe man management of the team itself might have had might have been problematic. And uh, um, obviously the wins weren't there, so uh, that was all. Those things were kind of bad, and, and and they went separate ways for sure. So wait 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 wait. So he's a coach that 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 is not very good at man management and apparently can't bring wins. I like his move to Seattle all that better now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, he's, only gonna, he's only going to be an assistant, but Hey, whatever damage you can do. Great. Yeah. He was leaving. He was leaving. So that was like, I, I said all the bad things, but I mean, he has a really amazing soccer mind. It's it, it oozes out of him. Uh, we should not leave this show thinking that Precky is done and dusted and is going to hurt every team he goes to. I think as an assistant, perhaps he shines and does really, really well as that role because you have the manager making sure the players are happy or are not happy based on whatever the heck he wants. And Seattle has that down. They're doing just fine in that regard. And if Precky can come in and whip these guys into shape, share um, his, you know, his ideas on attacking, uh, keep these guys working hard every day in training, which those are some of his best qualities. Um, if he does that for the Seattle Sounders and they improve, then, then perhaps they'll win another one. Who knows? No, no, <laughs> no, don't, don't need to. it's going to, it's going to be from 2018 through 2022. It's going to be four straight MLS cup wins for the Timbers. Okay. I don't know what kind of crack you're smoking. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so, so let's, let's talk about some of your players. <laughs> Um, key players you've signed, key players you've lost. Um, how's your how's your roster filling out for 2018? Well, I don't know who got signed in what order, but they announced them in the order of goalkeeper first, a lot of defenders, um, and then they started sprinkling in attackers here and there. So Tomas Gomez was the Golden Glove winner at uh, Rochester Rhinos. Uh, you didn't hear much about him. You heard a lot about Restrepo, and, and Mitch says no, but um, Tomas is a proven goalkeeper several seasons in a row, uh, two seasons in a row rather, uh, under Bob Lilly. Um, obviously, that's a crazy good defensive team. So we don't know what St. Louis will look like, but Tomas has a, a proven stat, um, you know, a, tr- a proven record. And so I'm excited to get him in there. Uh, picked up several uh, center backs in a row, a um, couple fullbacks. Um, I've got names, but, you know, we're super excited to get Sam Fink back. And I bet you are. Yeah, we really, really <laughs> are. I mean, St. Louis. Almost as mad as they were about Western Conference, they were that happy about Sam Fink, to yeah. be honest with you. So um, we were super happy to see him do so well with Oklahoma City. Um, it was especially funny when all the ex-St. Louis FC players got together uh, going to the playoffs to rub it in St. Louis' face. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of them. There was Angulo got loaned over there. Sam oh. Fink, Chad, ba- Chad Bond um, yep. joined partway through the season, I believe, as well Richard as Dixon. Richard Didn't Dixon. did he play in St. Louis for a little while? Yeah, yeah, for two years. Yeah. So am I, the, am I the only one who thinks that Sam Fink sounds like a 1940s detective? Oh, I no. hope yes. No, you're not alone on that. <laughs> okay, no. good, good, good. I'm in with you on that. Um, he's almost too nice of a guy to be a detective, I feel like. But um, yes. quality player. And I, it sounds like he has established himself in USL and, and is, you know, considered, you know, a great center back. And to pair him with either um, Sean Reynolds, who kind of lost his spot in Louisville city um, and Fenwell Cavita. Um, I'm interested to see who's going to start in the back. Uh, maybe all three, but you know, at least two, obviously. So um, it seems like we're building out of the back, or at least that's the message they're sending that maybe we want to solidify the back and, and then get these attackers who can be good no matter what. And Corey Herzog is, is one of those guys who can score. He's sure as heck going to shoot the ball if he's got it. And uh, 
he has been successful many years in a row. So I'm excited to get that guy. Um, you cannot complain about Wallfall, who's a crazy good, hardworking midfielder with skills. Um, can go both ways, obviously. Uh, Jermaine Jones' cousin, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's his cousin. Uh, I hear he plays a little bit like him, so I'm excited to see him play. Um, Kareem Dakers was a storied player for LC or for Louisville City for two years. They used him well, and he was talented and, and was productive. And then he went to Cincinnati and sat on the bench. So um, kind of like Sean Reynolds from from Louisville, um, those two were underutilized last year, and we're gonna see perhaps what Anthony Poulos can do with those guys. Perhaps bring them back to. Um, the shining players that they were before. Um, see if he's found some guys that are good that just weren't being used the right way. Uh, we'll see what what he can do with that. And then um, the final guy I wanted to talk about was was Joey Joey Calistri. Um, we were one of the few teams that have been uh, poaching Tulsa's best players, and Calistri is definitely one of those guys, a hardworking forward that can he can put in the assist, he can put in the goals too. So I'm excited to see. However the heck this gets put together, um, I think it's a great roster, and it's something that can uh, they can make a statement in the West if they're led the right way. Yeah, I was impressed with Kalistri at Tulsa last year. He was he was a thorn in our side definitely every time we played him. So Phil, how are you seeing the team be put? I mean, you talked about putting these guys together and having these guys. You know, you're not quite sure how they're going to organize this roster, how they're going to organize your starting eleven. What are you expecting to see from your team this year? Are you expecting blue collar? Are you expecting something a little more expansive? Are you expecting a conservative team or a free flowing team? What are you thinking you're going to see? Well, you know, in the, I, my my fellow podcasters last week, I did a different kind of show. I chatted with some friends who I respect on Twitter, and um, I came in saying that I really truly feel like I feel like they sent a message saying we're gonna, these are our this is our goalkeeper, really solid. We're announcing several defenders all at once in the beginning, and I truly think, at least in the beginning of the season, they're going to try to defend, especially away. You know, St. Louis ran their butts off last year away and at home, and, and maybe they just lost the gas in every game, and that's why they kept losing in the last several minutes. I feel like they just want to solidify the defense because you'll see in the West, I mean, look at that game with OKC and Swope Park we just talked about, the San Antonio game. If you just defend, you can get really, really far. And, um, so, and also, I mentioned building a solid defense and having guys like Herzog and, and Valeski, who's up training with Minnesota now, but if he comes down, putting those two together up top, which I hope they would get some time together up top once in a while, would be fun to watch. Um, and Kalistri, Wallfall, these are all guys who can score, no matter what the, the team is set up like. So I truly think, personally, I may be wrong, my, my buddies disagreed with me, they thought this was an attacking team. I think they'll defend like crazy. Uh, just to get to that ending and then maybe maybe go all out at the end. Who knows? Um, so uh, why don't, <laughs> anything you want to talk else you want to talk about, like, uh, you know, how, how expectations, um, exciting matches you're looking forward to in 2018, um, and uh, and where do you think, you know, St. Louis might end up in the, the West? Yeah, it's hard to say. I know the team, the fans will be happy to get into the playoffs, um, especially if they just have a solid season. Anthony with Orlando last year, who he didn't have that much control over the team, it being a two side. Um, they went on like a 10 game streak of being unbeaten. And I think that was pretty attractive to St. Louis uh, front office when they hired him. Uh, not to mention he's not a guy that um, that is uh, 
maybe a star power. I mean, Dos Santos came through our, our office um, and we ended up with Anthony, Anthony Poulos and the guy wants to prove himself. He's got his pro license, you know, he's licensed all the way in the United States too. And so um, the dude wants to go somewhere. It may not even be just in the United States. He may want to go over to Europe and coach and he has a lot to prove. I mean, if he can take a team that's like as, as bad as St. Louis has been for the last three years um, and turn them into a, a playoff team, um, he's going to look really good. And I think that's his goal this year. And, and I think it's his goal to do even better than that next year, if not, if not this year. So hopefully that'll happen. Um, the schedule, uh, the preseason schedule is not too exciting. Playing a lot of colleges. We are playing Louisville city in Evansville, which is a possible USL D three town. Uh, so that'll be kind of a cool place to play. I think St. Louis is going to show up in numbers, uh, because it'll be one of the closest games this season. So that'll be fun. Um, but the schedule itself, I think uh, we'll just see how it plays off, plays up. We'll, we'll see how the travel affects the team and, and the, uh, uh, the parody of the league. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Interested right. well, in that Phoenix. Good. They're going to be the, um, the big guys of the year, right? Seems like. <laughs> Probably. So um, that would be it for Western Preview Episode 2. Um, and then we always like to sign off by letting everyone know where you can find you yourselves on the Internet. So going with Mark, people find you on the Internet. Where can they find me on the internet? It's always a dangerous place to reveal. It's always a dangerous thing to do, isn't it? To reveal that information. Um, <laughs> but in the event that I'm supposed to be generating followers and listeners, uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Everything is Backchat Show. Uh, or I actually write for The Last Word on Soccer, which is part of The Last Word on Sports Family. So you can find me, I don't know, webs, uh, Last Word on Soccer. Uh, Mark Turner. The last word on soccer website is simply that lastwordonsoccer.com. Um, and again, if you guys book on Amazon, uh, seasonal disorder, I would very much appreciate that. Um, thanks for having me on tonight, guys. It's been a blast. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and then Billy, where can uh, everyone find you on the interwebs? Oh, I'm all over it. Uh, for social media, you can find us at off pitch podcast, uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we don't have an Instagram account, so that's just, that's terrible. But, um, other than that, we, uh, you can find us, um, basically on, on energyfc.com. Actually, we'll be, uh, the, the other two guys I host with, uh, we'll, we'll all be doing little features, kind of give that soccer fan voice, um, to our website and just be kind of fans. But, um, I really appreciate you guys having us on, uh, definitely love seeing, uh, other, other I, I know I do work for the team, but I'm a, I'm a supporter first, honestly, when it comes to it. So it's, it's great to hear these voices out here and, and to see that USL has a great following and a great culture about it. So thank you guys very much. Thank you. And Phil, where can everyone find you on the Internet? Uh, Twitter is STL Soccer Report or Phil Grooms, two L's, two O's. Um, yep, that's it. STLSoccerReport.com. <laughs> and I am Kevin McCamish. I am with Play the Kids. You can find us at PTK Podcast. Um, we've actually just started our 2018 season. I think uh, Josh and I released episode one just the other week, and we will uh, get back to a regular schedule as you know we start rolling into the 2018 season. I am also on StumptownFooty.com. You can find me personally on Twitter at K McCamish PDX, um, and of course I am also here in the USL show. 
the USL show. <laughs> um, and that would be it from us. We are on bgn.fm. Um, same as Play the Kids, St. Louis Soccer Report, Back Chat. Um, you can find all kinds of great shows on bgn.fm. Go there. Um, and if you do go there, check out the USL show's website. Um, on bgn.fm, look up USL show. Our sponsor, Soccer Loco. Uh, you can go to their website, find all kinds of fantastic soccer gear if you go there. Um, go to our website, click on the, the banner we've got up there, go through, buy stuff. You know you want to. You know you want to spend money. Everybody does. That's right. Not only do you watch soccer, you play soccer. So you might as well buy it from the best, from the absolute best internet store that actually supports us, Soccer Loco. <laughs> or at least look like you play soccer. Yeah, exactly. right. Exactly. So that's that's More what so. I typically do. Yeah. Exactly. And you can also find uh, USL Show on Patreon. You can check out our Patreon page um, and donate. You know, one one or one dollar, five dollars. You know, we're gonna start getting. I think we got some stickers we might be running. Some other stuff that's out there. Um, check it out again. BGN.fm for USL Show and many other awesome podcasts. SoccerLoco.com. Thank you for our the supporting of the show and uh, check us out on Patreon. In the rumor that if people donate the Patreon, the oh. next time I'm on the show, you'll provide a translator. <laughs> you don't need what are you talking about? no I, I think that the truth is if you if you click on soccer logo or donate from patreon we might be able to afford to do a usl show live from vegas maybe that would be an idea it'd be cool we will not use the money for flights or travel i want to make that very clear <laughs> but but we are thinking about doing a show if we go that'd be fun it'd be fun it would be something fun to do so um but anyway that would be that's it from us uh the usl show western conference preview episode two thanks everybody Good night, guys. Cheers.